Hey everybody, welcome back to the Generators Podcast with Trent McClellan. I hope you had a great week. You know, I hope everything worked out the way you wanted it to. And if it didn't, I hope you managed to get through it anyway. And uh, obviously you did because you're listening on this end. So uh, obviously stuff worked out for you. Thanks for coming on back if you tuned into, uh, if you've been tuning in for a while. And uh, thanks for all the feedback on part one of Matt Billen's um, episode. And uh, part two is going to be dropping this week. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, a little bit about what I've been doing. We had a crazy week at 22 minutes shooting a bunch of sketches. And uh, it's weird, man, because you... You know, you have all summer off. I was doing some stand-up, took some time, just you know, just kind of chill out. But you get back in the in the routine and the grind of the machine of 22 minutes, and um, you know, early calls and and um, just kind of the the ebb and flow of how a week works, and it comes, it becomes very natural again just after like a week or two. You know, so I feel like we're we're kind of back in the rhythm of things now, and and uh, it all feels very very normal. But the first day or two you're like oh yeah how does that work and how do we do whatever and then it all kind of just all fits together again so thanks everyone who's been uh watching this the show and uh and uh, sharing stuff on social media and stuff and some of the sketches we really appreciate the support so um if you don't watch the show it's uh cbc tuesday nights 8 30 9 o'clock in newfoundland and uh with the election going on this year here in canada it's uh we have lots of fodder and lots of ammunition so um Stay tuned for more funny stuff. Um, what else? I, I'm i actually recording this intro on the Thursday night, and this will drop the following Tuesday. So there might be something that happens in between, and I won't have mentioned it because I, you know, uh, there's a couple of days gap there in between, okay? That's what I got to do to get this stuff out, okay? Um, but, uh, yeah, I took about six, seven weeks off stage and then got back on stage uh, last week for the first time, and or two weeks ago for the first time, and it was like, it feels like your first time again, you know, when you take that much time off, you're like, man, how do I do this, and what am I going to open with, and I want to try some new material, so it's a bunch of new ideas that I've been trying to work on over the last couple of weeks, so I'm in, uh, got a lot of balls in the air, um, 22 minutes the podcast, and of course trying to crank out new material and develop new ideas, and then also, uh, Think about uh, planning some touring for for early next year. So maybe I'm coming to a city near you, and I'd love to see you. So check out transcomedy.com for updates on all that stuff. So, part two of Matt's uh, interview, we uh, he goes uh, he goes a little deeper on the Chappelle thing, <clears throat> which a lot of people had uh, found really really interesting, <laughs> and um, he's got some more stories from the from the. Uh, the uh, world famous comedy store in Los Angeles, and uh, Matt worked there as a as a door guy. So uh, he's got some great stories about that, and uh, some advice about just kind of how to mentally navigate the uh, stand up comedy world and how to remain trying to find some happiness in this. And part of that is trying to be happy for others, which sometimes people have a hard time doing. And uh, so Matt gives some really good insight and some good advice on that. Um, so yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy this as well, and and uh, Matt kind of really opens up in the second half as well, and uh, I just really appreciated his his vulnerability in the, in these two episodes, and and uh, I hadn't listened to this this conversation in quite a while, so I had to go back and kind of refresh my memory too, and and uh, it was it was a really great great chat, and 
I'm just really grateful that he did it. So anyway, here is part two of my conversation with comedian Matt Billen. Where does the wiring come to go? Okay, I'm just going to be that guy now. I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't know. Is it nature, nurture? I, I think, uh, I think if he was a roofer, he'd be a shitty ass roofer. Mm. I think he'd be a bad boss then. Or if he was a doctor, maybe he's, you know, the shitty doctor. Like, right. I don't necessarily think, because a lot of people will give excuse and they go, well, he's been surrounded by yes men. <laughs> okay. So that's the excuse for treating everyone like shit. Right. What is and opening up talking about eating 8,000. I just ate $8,000 worth of sushi. What the fuck did you have? I'm like, are you wow. making fun of people for not having the money you have? Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, you don't tip out anybody. You do nothing. You make everyone stay till five in the morning. Yeah. And you don't throw your cat. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just I make a mental note and you just go, well, I wouldn't be like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you meet guys like Norm MacDonald. Yeah. The sweetest guy. Yeah. Just the nicest. I met I, I met George Carlin. Yeah. George Carlin, man. Like, yeah. how big does it get? Yeah. And this guy, I saw him in an interview. I called. I was with Jason Fredrickson. This is in like an 03 at the Jubilee. Yeah. And I had seen him in an interview and he said he had time. I always have time for fellow comedian. We're in a brotherhood. So I called him on it. I went, I went to go to Jason Fredrickson. I go, you want to meet him? He goes, what? I go, follow me. <laughs> so we go right down on the floor at the Jubilee. I yeah. go right down to the stage door. Security guard, hey, can I help you? And I just had my uh, Yuck Yucks gave us business cards. This yeah. is like in 2003. And so proud of these. Oh, it says I'm a comedian now. Right Official. Official. So I go, yeah, hey, yeah, sorry. We're just local comics. Just love a moment of our time to show our appreciation to George. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, his dressing room is just down the corner. So we go in there, and his manager, Jerry, sitting there, and he's like, uh, I got introduced. I go, hey, my name. You know, I'm uh, this is Jason Fredrickson, local comics. Just love a moment to say hi to George. And, and he's like, uh, well, George sleeps right up until showtime. He goes, so he's sleeping right now. But our, because uh, he was in the 70s, yeah, probably, guess, yeah. at that point. And he goes, uh, yeah, shit, who am I saying? I still do that. I, dude, <laughs> Sleep I up till show. You know? I would be messed up. If I just got up and like, you know, 30, 40 minutes later, I got to go on stage, I'd be a mess. I oh, yeah. Know what I'm at. But yeah. for him, so yeah. he goes, yeah, he's sleeping right now, but the opening act's going to go on. He goes, come back at intermission. I'll have him waiting for you. Wow. So here we go back to our seats up in the third, third tier, just like jolting, right? We're like, oh, my God. So sure enough, intermission comes. I go right to the stage door. Boom. Security guard. Yeah, yeah, right there. Get in there. Jerry's like, hey, George, they're here. And here comes George Carlin around the corner Nuts. and just, hey, guys, Jerry tells me you guys are comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, how long have you been doing it, guys? Yeah, three years. Jason's five. And, oh, isn't it the best? Are we not blessed, guys? Look at how we f you found your passion this early. God, the rest of the world has no idea how lucky we are. Man. You know, and he's asking us all. He was genuinely more interested in us than us, yeah. there, you know. And we shot the shit for about five minutes. And he goes, oh, guys, I could talk shop with you all night. And he's holding a set list. He goes, but I'm trying to squeeze these two new jokes into the set. And we're like, yeah, 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 go, go, go. Because <laughs> he's got 3,500 people waiting for him. Right. You know, like, and took we took out. our picture with them. And then we're walking down the hall and Freddie turns. He goes, rip it up. And I turn, I go, you just realized you just said rip it up to George Carlin before <laughs> he took the stage. You know, and it was just like one of those cool moments. Insane, man. But to me, that's a good king. Yeah. You know? Because look how much it did for us, right? It gave me the energy. I've repeated the story a couple yep. times a year. I mean, I pass that. I try to pass that energy on to fellow comics. Yeah, you know, True. I try to like your fellow comic before I don't like them. Right. I like them first until they give me a reason to not like your them. Default is to whereas like so many yeah. hate you first. Yeah. Until they're like 
prove why I shouldn't hate you. Yeah, exactly. Rather than... Well, I never got that either. Like that whole... Um, you know, there's a new comic on the scene. And uh, maybe it's their first time or they've been around a few weeks. But like that kind of... Ah, uh, you haven't been through enough wars yet to warrant me introducing myself or saying hello yeah. or oh, yeah. good set when you walk off stage. I'm like, I never understood that. Yeah. I never, I'm like, man, that was all of us. Yeah. Right? Every one of us yeah. went up there and didn't move the stand out of the way and your hand uh -huh. was quivering. It's like, oh, because he's not one of the cool kids yet. You're yeah. not going to let him sit at the table with you? I honestly you? think a lot of those, I think the majority of those people you're talking about are afraid of being exposed as frauds. Yeah. It's never the ones that are comfortable in their own talent. No, it's the you insecure know? ones. It's the ones that are really, they feel that, because I always look at comedy, it's a lot like golf. You know, I'm not hoping the other three in my foursome duff their shots. No. Because they're golfing against themselves and I'm golfing against myself. Right. But together we're having a good time. Yeah. You know, and if you're having a good game, chances are you're bringing up my game. Right. But we're not in competition. No. You know, and... To That's think, but whereas so many do feel that, you know, I used to tell friends, I mean, I remember when I went to JFL in 03, I had like close friends that weren't that happy for me. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, it actually was heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, and then I thought, and it was actually one of my quotes to my mind that I always thought, you know, it's a good one to remember because later when I wasn't getting heat and someone else was, I'd remind myself, someone else's success isn't my failure. No. No. You know, and so many live under that, that, oh, what, you got 22 minutes? Oh, I should have got 22 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you submit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I've had that too where, you, you know, you have some piece of news career-wise that was big news to you. It's something you really wanted to have happen. And the first thing someone said, another comic said was, uh, when did you find out about that? Yeah. I also submitted for that. Was it an email? Did they send back? <laughs> I'm like, not a congrats, nothing. So what I started doing was... I kind of shied away from comedians a little bit yep. and just stay with my civilian friends because they could genuinely be happy for They're you. They're happy for Someone you. Someone could go supportive. to you and say, Maddie, man, you worked your ass off. Let's go for a bite to eat or I got a beer, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's my buddy, Maddie. You just got like, they're genuinely happy for yeah. you. It's Absolutely. a real friendship, right? Yeah. Not opposed to, shit, Matt got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You tell someone you got someone, then it goes silent for a little bit and you're like, hey, buddy, it's not, you know. You know, you're still good too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you're still hilarious. Hey, and if I do well, I'll, I'll hey, you, you need a word to help. You know, it's like yeah. you said, hey, you want to submit? Let me know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You're willing to help others because, you know, I'm not coming in and what? shooting for, you know, Trent McClellan's job. Yeah, yeah. It's like. But uh, but that's, I think you're right. It's it's that insecurity of why can I get it? And, and I realized after a while, I'm like, man, I don't also, I don't want to be that person. I also realize when someone gets something and they're over the moon and they're super happy about it, they've done the gigs, they've worked their ass off, they've yeah. had their heart broken a thousand times. There's one bit of sunshine in their life and we can't even be happy. Yeah. Like, and oh, did he get it? Yeah, I saw a set. Wasn't that great that night? But anyway, just saying, it's like, yeah. can you shut up for a minute totally. and let someone else have some sunlight on their ass yeah. for... You know, well, for 10 minutes? Kind of 10 years ago, that was kind of the, one of the reasons I left Yuck Yucks was I started to feel that I was part of a company and I was even starting to feel like, you know, if I had an off week, I'd be looking at the websites to see where's everybody working and, well, how the fuck is he working and I'm not working? And yeah. Whereas when I left and became just my own, it never, I've never gone onto another comedy website to see who's working and who isn't. Yeah. Because it just doesn't apply. Because you just stay in your lane now. Do you it doesn't, yeah. yeah. And I've always been, you know, I don't even, I even went down to LA to not even be, you know, so many, well, you know, they'll post, moving to LA yeah. as if like <laughs> roll out the red carpet. Yeah. And I'm like, God, why would you put so much pressure on yourself? Oh, God. Just go and have fun. Yeah. And, you then, know? and sadly, 
you know, three months later, you'll see that same person heading back to Toronto because yeah. like, the bank account got drained pretty quickly. Yeah. You lost 30 cents on every dollar you had saved. Absolutely. And uh, it's like, oh, you're back? You're just back doing shows? Yeah. No, no, I live here. I mean, I went down just for two weeks. I just knew I just wanted, I had a bit saved and I yep. just had some time off. And I'm like, I just want to go down there and get the feet wet, you know, and start, yep. who knows? Yeah. And the next thing I know, I ended up, I've been down there for almost two years. Crazy. And... You know, and some go, you know, and I end up just luckily getting in and becoming a door guy at the comedy store, yep. which is an institution in itself. Oh, definitely. Someone you know, like Letterman, had done, you know, Jim Carrey was a door guy Mark for eight Aaron. years. Yeah. Marin, yeah. yeah. And it's been super fun. Just, you know, it, it, but I never I I'm just enjoying day to day life that I go, oh, yeah, I'm I, I should be pushing a career or something. Right. Because it doesn't even dawn on me. I go, that's a bonus if something were to come. But I'm just here to have fun <laughs> yeah, exactly. and enjoying every hour of it, like Insane. draining it out like Insane. it's a rag. What do you, you know, it's funny because a lot of comedians who go to L.A., especially Canadians, as I said, it it kicks them in the teeth, right? But then I've heard other Canadians have gone down with the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to go down, I'm going to work hard, but also I just want to enjoy the city. Like Dave Nystrom was the first one I heard to yep. say that about, you know, someone reminded him like, dude, don't also don't forget you're in a beautiful part of the oh, world. There yeah. are beaches. There are beautiful markets. Like, go check shit out. And yeah, he goes, yeah. once I switch that, flick that switch to like, Oh, this thing is just one part of my experience. I can also go enjoy other things. Yeah. Like, what's your experience been like in LA and overall as a as a living experience um, as a city? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, it's so fun. I mean, it's like no other place. Uh, you know, it just even your day to day comedy. Every day at the comedy store Crazy. is just for laughs. Yeah. Just yeah, every day. I heavy mean, Bill Burr's walking in. I mean, I watched Louis' last show. Crazy. You know. I mean, <laughs> he walked. This is actually pretty funny. He's. Uh, this one comic, I won't say the name. He's coming off stage and Louis walking on stage. And he turns to me and goes, oh, what's this, his farewell tour? And no. I, I joke and I go, whoa, shots fired. Wow. We both high five and laugh. Right. And I'm just thinking, oh, because of the past rumors I'd heard. Right. The next morning, that story broke. And I go to him and I go, how the fuck did you? Hey, he just laughs it off. You go, okay, well, to think that there is an underbelly of people know what's going on in yeah, the industry and stuff yes. i witnessed that yeah oh, what's this his farewell tour and then boom it that was his out. last show that was the public that was, as in the original room at the comedy store that's crazy. i haven't seen or i haven't heard him on stage ever since that was crazy but i mean just the daily of uh you know dice clay pops in all the time comes in does you know potluck and stuff he'll do 40 minutes and Insane. like burrs there all the time Chappelle comes in like if Chappelle's in la I always tell fans when they're like, oh, when's Chappelle coming? I always tell them, we'll just add the comedy store on Instagram or Twitter. Yep. And when you see that they tweet that he's been here, 99.9%, he'll be here the next day. Right. I go, I can't guarantee the third day because he might be out of town. But guarantee if he's here one night, he'll always be there the next night. Right. Because he just rolls in around 1.30, knows that we'll keep it open for him. Right. You know, John Mayer will show up. And, yep. you know, it's... uh. It's just full on. Yeah, it's just insane. I the, mean, that's, the amount a, of... that's what I mean. Like that to me, I went to the comedy store once. This was a few years ago just to hang out. And for me as a comedian, like it was, uh, I don't know, man, it would have been like going to the Montreal Forum as a Montreal Canadiens fan for someone. Like yeah. you just felt you're in the presence of something oh, bigger than yourself and the history. And, you know, to me, it was just, I was just, I couldn't believe I was in it, to be yeah. honest. It was kind of like, I wasn't even thinking about performing or trying to get a spot. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. no, I, I just need to absorb what this is and take it in. You Absolutely. Know? Well, that's been, I mean, that, that, that's been my last year and a half, two years of like nights where I'm literally closing it up. 
locking the gate. Crazy. <laughs> you know, I go, wow, I know the, you know, I know the padlock off by heart. Nuts. I go, how, what, what a crazy world. Yeah. Kid from a small town in BC. And now this is like my stomping grounds. Unreal. And it's been super, you know, I've been super grateful for that. I mean, it's such a fun environment. To me, that's a comedy clubhouse. Yeah. You know, the history is, uh, it's amazing. You just feel it. You know, it's so much uh, history there. You know, to do the main room stage is just like nothing. It's nothing else. It's And so for you as a comic, you know, over the last two years of being down there, how do you feel about your, your evolution or as a comedian? Do you feel like you've kind of put that on the back burner a little bit and just kind of focused on just doing a thing at the store or has, do you feel just absorbing all that every day has made you better or like stage time? How's it working for it, you? Um, comedically, it made me kind of go back, excuse me, yawning. It's super right, early. Yawning. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. This is super, <laughs> um, way later than you're used to. But, uh, at first it made me go back to my old style, which is very punch heavy. Yep. Just bang, 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 because you're only getting like three minutes at a time. Right. You gotta crush and what the hell do you do in three minutes? Yeah. Other than try to hit a punchline every 10 seconds. Yeah. Because you're trying to impress and you're trying to stand out. Yeah. So that was fun. And then, and then it became where there was times where I forgot, oh yeah. And then I would get to, you know, I'd have to fill in like, you know, one of the shows, it was great. It was in the main room. And Bobby Lee was running late, and I could tell that I could just see this the one booker was running around, this uh, show promoter. And you know. Um, yeah, Brian, uh, um, God, been gone for two weeks, and I already forget people's <laughs> names. But uh, anyways. I don't think you remember that padlock number either. No, pretty, no, no. <laughs> got it written uh, down somewhere. No, it's written on my hand. I don't wash my hands that often. And uh, But yeah, no... Uh, but anyways, I could tell they were looking for Bobby Lee, and I go up to him like, "Hey, if there's any, you know, if you needed a fill in, I'd love to have you know." It's kind of joking in a way because it's a full, you know, almost 400 night, people yeah. main room. Yeah. And oh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Orny Adams is on. Right. And so finally, um, the guy's like, uh, "God, I feel really bad. I can't remember his name." Anyways, uh, and he goes, uh, "You know, oh Brian Monarch. There we go, Monarch. There we go." Uh, he goes, "Yeah, I, I think I might need you. Stand by." And then sure enough, he goes, "Yeah, Bobby's not here yet. You're on next." Wow. And then and Orny Adams from the stage was like, is Bobby on? And he goes, he's not here, but just just close. And you could literally see Orny just kick it into like sixth gear that very few comics have that extra fucking gear. Yeah. And he just and I'm I'm backstage going, what the fuck did I just sign up for? Yeah. And now I'm following Orny throwing hard. Just crushing. Because I'm a big Orny fan. Like, he doesn't get enough credit for how fucking funny Dude, he is. he's hilarious. He is. He's I the open, real I'm deal. I'm going to for him in Halifax uh, nice. later in the year. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think he's hilarious. He's a killer. Yeah, absolutely. And he just, boom, boom. And then I'm backstage going, okay, here, you did it to yourself. All <laughs> right, you, go, you wanted to fucking. You wanted the shot, right? Yeah, you wanted to be thrown in the fire. <laughs> and you know what? It, it was great. And it yeah. was one of the most. You know, it was one of my highlights of my life. Sure. Of being in, but that's what that, that feeling of anxiety and, you know, th that's why I do it. Yeah, yeah. That's what you should be doing in life. Just not even if you're a comic, just no, in just general, pushing yourself when feel, you're like, yeah. oh God. Yeah. You put, and I put myself out there to get that. Yeah. So Can I do it. I remember the first time I played, uh, did spots at the Laugh Factory a few years back. And I remember I got there and I thought I was just doing like a seven minute spot or whatever. And I, when I arrive, uh, the girl who's running the room goes, okay, so you're good for 20? You're good for 20? And I'm like, yes. and I'd already written out like a little set list. And then I went yeah. to the coffee shop across the street and I'm like, I, what do I have? I can't, can I use that? That's got a Canadian reference in it. I can't use that. Like yeah. I started asking locals. Isn't it like, crazy to get that jitters again? It, you I start was like, questioning I had, your whole. I had not felt that in a decade Yeah, where I was literally that questioning was, everything. Yep. 
it and it was terrifying, mm-hmm. but exhilarating at the same time to go up, make choices in the moment that worked, yeah. and you, it validates you again as a comic. But I'm oh. like, oh my god, this is what I used to feel like all the yeah, time in the absolutely. first couple of years, you know. And that's when I went down there. That was the first. I mean, I used to get so nervous. I'd have to keep the mic in the stand because my hand would shake. Right. I'd look at it. And I'd go, "What the fuck? I've been Who doing is this, this guy?" Oh, you're like, I've been doing this. For- <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was just because in my head it would be like, you know, I would be that kid from Nelson. Yeah. And now I'm in the world famous comedy store and on stage, and it would just be. So then that growth when all of a sudden. I became comfortable at the store. Right. That's when I was like, oh, fucking move over, guy. Like, now I'm... Yeah. And that's where I've been at kind of for the last... It took me about six months. So I guess it's been about a year where I started to feel in my wheelhouse. But yeah. really the last six months. Yeah. And that's when I, I kind of felt like, in a way, going, I, I'm almost done for right now. Right. You know, now it's... Because it's a long road just being a door guy and getting stage time. And then when you get to 15, then what? Yeah. It's not like you're making good money. Oh, right. You know, and it's not like I'm trying to get anything down there. To be honest, I really don't want to be a part of it. Right. Like the actual industry. The game, yeah. Not real big fan of it. Yeah. You know, especially the more stuff that comes out in the news or, you know, maybe, yeah. I guess, the alt-right news for what people like to label. Yeah, But, right. I mean, a lot of the truth, you know, a lot of the rumors, it is true. It's pretty fucking sinful down there. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah. The stuff that the underbelly world of Hollywood and in a whole, I... Don't I just like telling jokes? And you're right. It's like, you know, it's it's the real duality of being a comedian, like you said, where you become really efficient at getting on a stage with a microphone and making people laugh, and then these other opportunities either get afforded to you or people expect that you want something else. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a rarity to find someone who's like, no, I I just want to get up on the stage and tell. Or someone. when you really see. Why is the good ones like Doug Stanhope or Bill Burr or even Carlin for that matter? Why were they always on the outside looking in, doing their own thing? Right. Why did they never get that push? Right. You know, like you're saying earlier, hey, it's not all just talent. No. Can't be. No. Because we see who the ones that get the pushes. Yeah. Are they the most talented? Not really. Not really. No. You know, so what are they doing or what overall purpose do they serve by not being the funniest? But getting the push. Right. So maybe there's something more to maybe with the agenda they're pushing. Right. Or maybe they're doing something sinister. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not to get dark, but I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. why are they getting those wonder. opportunities? Yeah, it makes you wonder. Well, I also think, too, one of the things you mentioned about you know, when you look at Carlin, you look at Bill Burr, I do see them as very, uh, excuse me, I see them as very focused and kind of someone not willing to, to concede or play mm-hmm. games and yeah. go like, well, George, we like your idea for your sitcom, but we think you should add a 10-year-old kid. And it's yeah. like, George Carlin, I don't think, is, I think he's going to go, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And so yeah. he knew that. So that's why he'd want to put a foot in that world. And they also knew, like, you're not going to get George to play ball. No. Bill, I think the same thing. I don't think Bill's going, Absolutely. oh, okay, yes, sir, in yeah. a suit. What do you need me to do? Well, I think a lot of people, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes. For fame. It's kind of like I remember when I was in kinesiology uh, in college years ago. and uh, But I did this, you know, I was doing this fucking report on this thesis was uh, the Olympics. I think it was the 96 Olympics. They did a poll and they said, uh, you know, it was an anonymous poll, but it was 99% or like high, high 90s of all athletes that were uh, um, uh, 
this is where an edit comes in. Yeah, we'll just we'll fix it in post. But when they did the poll, um, <laughs> 99% of them were asked, you know, they were all asked if, if you could do a drug that would guarantee you a world record, but by doing so, you're dead in five years. High 90 percentile said yes. I'll do it. That's how bad they want it. Yeah. And that goes for entertainers, I think, as well. Yeah. If there's some, you know, if there's a dick you got to suck, or if there's a thing you got, like, what does it take? What will you do to get to, to get level. that? Yeah. And I don't think there's many things off limits for a lot of people. I don't think so. Either. And that desperation comes forward. I mean, I was even that to a certain degree, you know, I mean, I remember this one movie role. Uh, fuck, the movie was called Indie Jonesing. And this guy hit me up on Facebook, or it might have been my, MySpace. It was that long ago. He goes, I'm watching you on TV right now. How do I get a hold of your agent? I have a role that you are the lead. And I went, this got to be bullshit. Some crazy guy just hit me up. So I sent the info to my agent at the time, Louis Parent. Yeah. She follows up on it. Sure enough, she hits me up. She goes, no, that's legit. It's actually got some decent funding. It's cast out of Vancouver. So I suggest you start brushing up on you. So I took acting lessons again. Crazy. You know, like just to brush up. Yeah, yeah. The guy and I were going back and forth. We're tweaking the, in, the opening scene together. I'm even being so lame that I'm like signing off my emails as the lead. Like Peter from India. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so then he goes and meets me. At, I'm doing Laugh la, la, Lines in New Westminster at the yeah. old club. Yeah. And he has, uh, you know. <laughs> The director comes out. He comes out. One of the, you know, one of the producer backing the project comes out, and we're all sitting after my show. And the one guy turns to me, and goes, "Oh, we're just so excited to have you on board. You know, I just, uh, I can't believe you're willing to gain seventy pounds for the role." I didn't even blink. I go, "Yeah, uh huh." And he goes, "Wow!" And then, so we start talking about how I'm going to gain seventy pounds for this fucking role. And that's the first I'd heard of it. Wow! And then the guy that wrote the show, Stephen Renshaw. He overhears, he goes, no, 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 he's the lead. And the guy goes, oh, well, here, I just did, I just agreed to gain 70 fucking pounds for the role. So it made me look so desperate. Right. You know, and I've never felt so just dirty. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we all had a good laugh, but I really, like, You're it like, sunk in when I went, wow. You could have told me anything, and I would have said yes. I would have said yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, they want me to come back with them to the island, some, you know, uh, Bowen Island or something that night. And who knows what the fuck they were going to do with me. I was young. Yeah, I yeah. actually looked good. I was a young kid. Yeah, yeah. But I think they saw the fact I was willing to take, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just, and I think, uh, you know, that's like that Weinstein shit and all that. You, you don't think that's been going on oh, forever? Dude, for sure. You know, but what they don't talk about is. Uh, for sure. You know, sure, we're all worried about the women of age, but what about all the kids? I know. You don't think that's a fucking epidemic down there? Oh, I can that's about it. to blow up any minute now? Yep. That they're pushing off and pushing, trying to buy time. Yeah. Don't bring it up. Don't don't take any allegations serious. Right. There's nothing to see here. It's yep. all consensual sex with adults. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I just think that town. Uh, well, I think you got to go in there with your head screwed on straight. And I think in general, in this racket, like if you don't have a clear vision of like who you are and what you want to be. Yeah. There's people who are willing to sell you ideas and this and come down this road and you should do this. And it it. It is terrifying because you do see people lose their way. And at the end of the day, like I think even on a, on a, even on a less serious level, just on a creative level, like the person who decides they're going to do a character on stage, for example. Yeah. I think I go, okay, so this hits and now it's your global phenomenon. But like, you got to be that guy the rest of your life. Like you yeah. can't, at no point now can you go, eh, I don't do that character anymore. I'm just going to be me. Like I, I Unless, think that is a prison. Yeah. Right. Yep. 
Well, I mean, hey, if, if you're lucky enough to get success off of anything, that's great. You know, yeah. but um, I think fellow comics are, I mean, that's the one thing, too. The industry isn't like you're saying. It's, it doesn't doesn't end well for most comics. No. You know, and for me, that I think a lot of the uh, the shine and all that lost its uh, its appeal, you know, uh, for one example. I mean, here's here's a prime example. Look at Mike McDonald. I mean, him and I became really good friends in early 2000 when we met at Just for Laughs. And those are the years where even Yucky X wasn't working him. Yeah. I mean, here is the king of Canadian comedy. And all bookers in this country wanted to take him all back and shoot him like old Yeller. And he would call me and go, I'm about to lose my house. Is there anything? Can you book anything? And that's when I started booking us on those tours. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we'd do all that. And then, you know, but I mean, he did Montreal every single year. And on the 26th, they didn't invite him back. Wow. King of Canadian Comedy. He was with Just for Laughs since the beginning. He gave them a new, and when he was, when his heat, when he, like, when he was bringing more to the table than, than they were bringing, he was with them. Right. He was with them through thick and thin. That was his one thing he looked forward to every single year yep. to write a new set, and I would help him tweak it, and yep. it would be no matter what health issue he was going through, that'd be the one thing that would get him out of bed every yep. day. You know what I mean? Yep. And when they hit that 25 mark, and on the 26th, they didn't invite him back. You know, I always want to let them know, like, just, but I didn't want to bring it up. You know, I, it's just one of those things that I do want them to know how much that hurt him. Right. Because if it can change how they treat others in the future, probably won't. But at least, you know, I, I can't keep my mouth shut to not let them, you know, to not let the world know, like, that's actually what they did to him. Right. You don't think he deserved an opportunity to say yes or no if he wants to come or not. Right. You think after 25, a two and a half decades you do something and on the 26th he's ridiculous for assuming he's going back right that's where loyalty shows like what this industry is like yeah that's how it just they're not you know it's what's well, the old adage of you know we heard a thousand times starting out of you know no one cares about your career more than you do yeah and i didn't understand that early i love on. uh daryl lennox's which that nobody uh do you know who cares cares more about your problems than you nobody <laughs> it's so true yeah. it's so true and you meet some good people and you meet people who who do want to support you and believe in you or say they believe in you yeah. and then at the end of the day you're right like there's no retirement plan there's no here's yeah. the, here's the watch and the company jacket and uh you got savings now for the rest of your life it's like it just I, no one returns your emails anymore yeah that's it and i think that's where maybe it comes full circle with the whole thing it's like i just think fellow comedians need to be a little bit nicer to each other have each other's back a little bit more. Yeah. You know, maybe through that, maybe there should have been someone that went forward and went, what the fuck? Right. Mike's not coming. Yeah. Or, or Mike wasn't here. Why wasn't he here? Right. What do you mean? Yeah. You know, I think there's got a little bit more. Yeah. Just have each other's backs a bit more. Have a little more compassion for your fellow comic. Yeah. Because and also I think too, we're in it together. Yeah, I agree. And we, that's all we have too at the end of the day, but also it's, it's, you're right to further that point is that quite often we don't, show the kindness until someone is in dire straits till someone is ill till someone is financially screwed yeah it's like where the fuck was all that compassion all the way through like why couldn't we be equally as nice absolutely it's like oh you know always a good guy it's like yeah but you you cut his legs there fucking two years ago at the thing you know yeah. like oh, again yeah. because of anxiety and not feeling you're enough so therefore you have to step on someone else 
you know, and, and these things are always a reminder. It's like the family member you don't talk to for years and you turn finds out, you know, they're, di they're dying. And it's yeah. like, Oh, I missed all these years. Yeah. I think we do that to each other quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you're like, man, what for what? You're no further ahead. It's not like you gain anything by being an asshole to somebody else or being cold or, yeah. you know? Um, so it, it's, it is kind of a humbling thing. Um, all right. Well, I've been asking these questions at the end for most of the podcasts, and usually the, the answers are quite interesting to this same question. So we'll, we'll end on this one. What is a, a misconception that people have of you, and then what is the reality? Hmm. The misconception. Uh, I would say it's always funny. A lot of people just think I, I never set up anywhere. Like people literally think I'm just constantly just moving place to place to place to place <laughs> and never have a home. Right. And there is a little bit of truth to that, but I mean, I've always set up, but I do like to keep the feet moving. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, maybe that's not a good answer, but it is. It always makes me people, where are you living these days? My always question, I go, what are you sending me a postcard? <laughs> Fuck you care where <laughs> I'm paying rent. A handwritten letter you're Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, really that? And the answer you know determines what yeah what are you um, doing with that information yeah yeah but uh yeah no i i don't uh and then the reality of it yeah i actually i do i i do like to keep the feet moving mm -hmm. um but i like having a home base to go back to yeah you know there's always got to be somewhere to go back to even though it's not full of a lot of stuff i don't like stuff no i'm anti-stuff right now yeah. too. big time it just bogs me down mentally that's why i don't even like all the social media stuff it gives me anxiety I'm yeah, like, oh absolutely. my god! I got to return a Facebook message, a text message. You got to phone someone back. I got to, yeah, you know, like something on do. Instagram. I got to, ugh, it's work. And I got to all do that because I'm doing a festival. And if I don't do it, they, you know, it's yeah, you're just blacklisted somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the what's the plan for you now going forward? What is it? Is it back to LA? What happens? What are you doing? Um, well, do I got to go back there eventually. Um, yeah. But I'm up here for a little while now, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I fucked my foot up and there was just a few reasons. I was just like, ah, I just, it. yeah, I kind of, I really like Canada. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to have the taste in America for so long, it's, it's just, this is where I should be right now. Yeah. I think creatively. Yeah. I feel, um, less filtered. I, I just feel. For whatever, I don't know what my next step is yep. and what my vehicle that I want to start pushing yep. is, but I do know I'm ready for something. Whereas I've been down in LA just enjoying every single minute. Yeah. You know, like summer camp. Oh God. I, I bet I bet I've seen the sun twenty four hours in total in two years in LA. Because <laughs> I'm just up all night, sleep all day, wake up and you know, and that place is repeat pitch black too, right? The oh, story it's just, thought is just like it is a black box. Dude, it's like I'm living Groundhog Day <laughs> with a bottle of Jack Daniels. You know, it's just the free yeah. poor Americans. God damn, I love it. They don't care. No, they don't no, care. just glug, 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 yeah. glug. And you're just like, holy shit. There you go, man. But, there you go. So I've just enjoyed life. And now I'm like, all right, time to get working. Yeah. Well, it's, there's something great to be said to that too, I think. You know, having goals and things in the radar is all great, too. But just that ability sometimes to just go, I don't really know, man. And I know I'm going to figure it out. I went down there, and my only goal was to get my name painted on the wall at the comedy store to become yep. a paid regular. Yep. You know, and I, and I feel like and I, I know I'm, you know, I was 
I'm closer than I ever was. Yep. For whatever that means. Um, but I also can't wait for it. Right. You know, and especially after Mike passed away, it really kind of set things because it did come out of left field. You know, I, I, I thought Mike was going to be with us for a long time. Like him and I were going to do the tour this fall yeah. together. We we're going to get back and start doing those blackjack tours again. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was doing a lot of shows for other promoters. And then we realized, why the fuck aren't, you know, why aren't we doing those tours again? Yeah. We both had a lot of fun with each other's company. We're making some money. Why not? And then when he passed away, it kind of hit me like, shit, I, you know, I'd say I'd be naive to think I'm going to live past 60. Right. You know, say 65 on a high end if you're lucky. Yeah. And even then, that's... So say I only have 20 years left, if you're lucky. Because, you know, day to day, who knows? Yep. But so till 20, how many more years am I willing to just enjoy drinking and, sit, you know, being in L.A.? Yeah. And not really pushing. I'm not looking for anything. If anything, I would have got some yeah. heat and then left. Yeah. You know, like ran away from it. Yeah. So I'm not down for anything. I'm just enjoying my time. But if you only have 20 years left, I really got more to give this world than just... A couple of dick jokes and some weed jokes right you know i'd rather so maybe it's even switch careers entirely yeah you know there's a few things i want to work on and kind of help expose yeah you know so i'm starting to get into a little bit more whether that be documentaries or maybe it's private investigate who knows yeah. but i do know i have a lot more passion than just being selfish and enjoying my life right partying Want to give yeah, give yeah. Me back yeah. So sure. who knows what it is, but I'm excited to be just get back and be around family more. Yeah. You know, again, like you know, with Mike passing, it kind of reminded me like that's what's important. I wish I'd seen him a bit more in the last few years. Yeah. You know, and that's why I'm going to the Okanagan next week. To, you know, to go see my family. Go, see, you know, I'm lucky enough that maybe you know I'll take a couple weeks and just live at my mom's place again, see her on a daily and yeah, stuff yeah. that when you're later in life you go fuck. I'm glad I did that. Yep. Rather than just be thinking about myself. Well, you know? I think too, you're right. And, and, you know, you lost a dear friend and, uh, you know, and Mike, and I think something that monumental happens to people, it does give you an increased sense of urgency Totally. of, uh, wow, I don't have forever. And what am I doing? And what yeah. do I want to do? What mm -hmm. do I want my days to look like? Because we can, especially in this world, in the comedy world, I find like you can go on autopilot pretty easy. Oh, absolutely. You know, days just blend in. Especially if you're another. making just enough money, like you're getting by, your bills are paid. Yeah. You're getting to sleep. You know, like you're your own boss to a certain degree. You need to rock the boat. Just don't right? let jo Judy know that. <laughs> 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 or any, you know, any yeah, booker yeah. for that matter. That's right, yeah. But it's like you're enjoying your life. And yeah, you can get complacent yeah. and just time flies. Yeah. I mean, next thing you know, you're going, holy shit. What have I done? Half a decade. You know? goes and by. for the longest time when I was down in LA, I really, my goal was to get, I always thought that the comedy store is like a graveyard for comics. Right. Because once your name's painted on that wall, it's never going anywhere. Right. So that's really your headstone in a way. Right. To me, it's like such a validation. But then over time, I realized, ah, that would be great and all. And I really do fucking want that so bad. Mm -hmm. But there's other ways to leave your mark on this world. True. Doesn't have to be your yeah. name scribbled on a wall. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, buddy, so. thanks for doing this, man. This was a fantastic chat. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, for, uh, and, thanks uh, for having me. Let's uh, let's work together again soon. All right. Down the road. Yeah. All right, dude. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, man. There you go. Bam. There you go. Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy that conversation? 
And uh, I, I did really, really appreciate Matt letting us inside his, uh, his head and his heart on that one. And uh, Matt's got shows coming up in uh, Abu Dhabi and in Vancouver. So uh, you uh, should try and look him up. Matt Billen, if you uh, a hilarious comedian, so uh, you should try and check him up. If you're in either one of those places in the world, I want to make sure I have those those places right because if if he's not yeah I, I nailed it Abu Dhabi in Vancouver he's playing there so uh um and um he's in Abu Dhabi and he lives there and, and he also lives in Vancouver so uh you know that guy's uh, got some air miles what do you want you know living a life um so yeah I really appreciate that conversation and I think we, you know, I think he's right. We do need to kind of take care of each other a little bit in the comedy community. You know, we don't necessarily have a union per se. Um, for a lot of people, it's a real struggle and it's a real grind. It's already tough enough. So if we can uh, be kind to each other when uh, when possible, we should definitely do that and not wait till till tragedy is uh, is at the doorstep. So that's some really good advice, I think, for us, uh, for not just comedians, but maybe for us all to do, just be a little bit nicer to one another. So um Good advice from Mr. Matt Billen. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. The Generators Podcast is produced by the Jake Hirsch Entertainment Group, and I appreciate uh, all that uh, Jake and his crew do over there. And uh, also a big shout-out to uh, Donovan Deschner, who uh, gets this thing up uh, on the web and gets it all fired up. So I really appreciate that and uh, the work of Jake Hirsch as well. So um, have a fantastic week, everybody. I really appreciate your listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. We'd really appreciate it and uh, help bring more awareness to it. So uh, coming back next week with another new episode. You take care, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.